1: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Hello,
3: everybody. It is a dreary morning out here in Los Angeles. Oh, boy. It's me, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Oh, boy. Here we go. It's going to be one of those tough ones, folks. I, I, You know, I don't know. The sports world, the world was just a lot easier place on, like, Tuesday, wasn't it? <laughs> when the big concerns were, shucks, you know, can OKC get back in the series? Are the Clippers in trouble against the Mavs? Wasn't it fun when we were doing that? I mean, I don't, the last three days have just been hell on earth. Just pretty awful all around. And then last night, you know, eating, uh, wrapping up dinner with the kids. Wife goes out and um, I try to do the no phone at the dinner table. And then, you know, the kids, we, they have their chores to do after dinner. Hey, you've got a hand vac, take the hand vacuum and get under the table You have to put the dishes in the sink. You have to do this. So I go to pick up the phone, and, like, 27 text messages. The phone's just buzzing that Chadwick Boseman, the actor who played Black Panther, had just died. And I'm like, what? This has to be a joke. How old is this guy? And it's real. He's dead. He's 43 years old. He's gone. Colin care I was I I, folks, there have been two occasions this year that I've just stopped in my tracks, holy bleep what what's going on? and like, I don't know, a little shaken, and one was Kobe Bryant, his passing in the helicopter accident, and the other was last night, picking up my phone and seeing Chad with Bozeman said, like guys, you know I do the hashtag dad life stuff a lot, and I take the kids to the movies a lot and early on when they were younger it used to be I'd take them so I could get a nap and I'm being honest 100% serious you know movies like Hotel Transylvania and those like kids movies I will never forget falling asleep within 5 minutes of the movie starting and then waking up as the credits are about to roll it was like oh that was awesome I got like a 90 minute nap great because you guys know when the kids are young they don't stop It's just like they're full tilt 6 a.m. onward. And if you could get a nap while they're napping, great. But also you kind of want to do something for yourself. Work out, go out, swimming, you go for a jog, whatever. But sometimes going to the movies, I would just fall asleep. And it was awesome. But then I took them to see Black Panther. And I think it was 2018... The movie, the trailer looks sick. The movie was awesome. And I will, one of the most memorable moments from taking, watching movies with kids. Black Panther is fighting Killmonger on the waterfall. Killmonger's destroying him. And he's like, Is this your king? And I'm just like, Ah, this is a great movie. It's awesome. And then Killmonger throws Black Panther off the waterfall. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Black Panther, well, you know, sorry. Um, And my kids, we were already on the edge of their seat during the fight because Black Panther was getting crushed. My kids stand up and are like, no, like audibly shrieking in the cinema. And I'm like kind of half laughing at them and half like, guys, guys, guys. It, Black Panther is the hero. The heroes always come back and live. It's going to be okay. And it was a funny moment. And instantly my kid comes out of the theater and he's like, oh, I'm playing Black Panther for Halloween. And it was just, you know, we created a handshake where we do, like, the, you know, the high-five and the slap, and then it ends with the Wakanda forever, like, cross the arms and do it down. Like, we were into Black Panther. And I don't know, this just hit me hard last night. It was crazy. And then, you know, when you combine the Kobe Bryant, and listen, I don't care if you're not a Kobe fan, okay? I don't care if you didn't love Black Panther. These guys are my age. That's the weird thing for me. And, you know, I, I will eventually get to sports, but, you know... I talked a little bit about it on this show about my cousin, who's a little younger than me passing away um, from cancer about a little less than a month ago. and I, I listen, I am a doom and gloom guy, but for whatever reason, guys, the last like month, I've been thinking about death a lot. Now I, I don't want you to think I'm going overboard here and getting weird, but it's like the kind of thing where you're sleeping and you wake up. And you're like, oh, okay, I got to go to the bathroom. But part of me is like, oh, I'm alive. Okay, great. And because when you think about death, it's like, you're gone. That's it. Done. You don't know you're dead because you're gone. Everyone else knows. Your life's over. And I've had these. It's a little morbid. I know. But I've thought about it. And it's just a weird feeling for me, over the last month, a lot to be waking up in the middle of the night. You know, part of it's to go to the bathroom, and the other part is like, okay, I'm alive. And then you have that moment where you're like, oh, okay, how do I go back to sleep? This is tough. And then you're just laying around, and you look at the phone, it's like, oh, boy. You know you're going to be up for a while if you do that. And I guess I'll wrap up with So I had one dream recently that I, you probably won't care about this, and this is very dumb, and I didn't. Sometimes, listen, I'll, tell, I'll run stuff by the wife before I say it on the radio. And this week, I had to run something by her before talking about it on Straight Fire, you know, the new iHeart podcast I do. It's on iTunes, Spotify. And she told me, hey, hey be careful with this N- NBA stuff, the boycott, because I was pretty pissed about the boycott. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I was pretty pissed. We'll get to that in a second. And she's the only one I told about this dream because it's weird. So I'm dreaming that I'm not in my house, but I'm with the kids. And they're like, all right, Dad, you're putting us to bed. But you can't go to bed. You can't put us to bed until you check under the beds to see if there's an alligator. I was like, wow, I know there's not going to be an alligator under any of the beds. Check the first bed. No alligator. Check the second bed. No alligator. I'm Like, Dad, you forgot to check the third bed. And I pull up, like, the bed curtain, and there is this big, huge alligator staring at me. Doesn't open its mouth, just staring at me. And I jump up in bed like, whoa, what the hell just happened? And my parents, you guys know, weren't born in this country. They're from the Caribbean. And dreams, like, mean a lot to them. I I know, I know. I'm not a big dream guy. What does it mean and all that stuff? But for this one, middle of the night, I'm like, holy cow. I... Picked up the phone and I Googled, like, what does it mean to dream about an alligator under a bed and all this stuff? And it was uh, not like a, not a significant one. And I don't even buy anything about what does a dream mean. But just to, uh, I I wrote it down here in the notes. It means uh, that there's going to be some kind of change. Uh, It was like a symbol for new possibilities. And I'm like, ah, whatever. The one thing I promised myself that night, I am not going to look under the bed to see if there's an alligator. I'm just not doing that. I I refuse to do it. But I did wake up in the morning, and I remember looking under the bed. Obviously, there's no alligator. But it was one of those weird dreams. Like, I don't know how much this stuff— Maybe it's the pandemic and everything that's going on in this country. But it's been a weird stretch for me. Uh— professionally, I feel like I'm thriving. Personally, I feel like I'm having a good run. I'm spending time with the family, keeping in touch with friends and family. But I don't know if anybody else out there is going through this. It's just a weird, that's the only word I can come up to with, weird. Um, I guess that's a good pivot word to get to the NBA, which we're going to break into a couple segments. And you know what really sucks is we are 12 days away from the NFL, and it just doesn't feel like it at all. It just doesn't. NFL's going to sneak up on you. Had my first fantasy draft Thursday. I have my big money fantasy draft today. I had Matthew Berry on the Straight Fire podcast to help talk about uh, fantasy football. And I feel like I'm kind of, sort of ready, but with COVID and no preseason, there's just so much to take into account. So I keep leaning on the NBA because it's here and in front of us. And I was ticked off when the boycott happened. Selfishly. I was like, are you kidding me, man? I have bets on these games today. What am I going to do for the rest of the day? I've been watching day NBA all, all the time. And I, that's selfish of me. And so I quickly was like, okay, I got to get away from social media because it's bad. It's not going to be healthy. It's going to get ugly. Of course it did. I got out of it. I was texting to a bunch of people. I texted Cowherd. Uh, I texted a lot of people I know in and around the NBA, trainers. Um, Texted a player in the bubble. And... I was, I was a little ticked off. I, I, it, my, my first thought was, this is not going to end well for the players. Like, this just isn't a smart move. And I started to do some reading, non sports stuff. I went out to family, uh, dinner with the family, uh, had a great meal, you know. And like five hours after letting it marinate, I, I started to come around a little bit on some of why they did it. You know, the Milwaukee Bucks obviously play near where this went down in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And one of the Bucks, Sterling Brown, had an incident with the police. And I kind of, sort of, I, I I can understand them being ticked off. But the boycott and how they did it, not telling anyone, was pretty terrible. And I know what you're going to say, Jason, some of the best boycotts in American history were spur of the moment off the cuff. Okay, I get it. I, yes. But the Bucs put the rest of the NBA in a really bad position. The Orlando Magic were out there on the court practicing, ready for a game. And the Bucs are in the locker room, yeah, we're not going to play. So the Orlando Magic kind of look like idiots. Well, why weren't you guys thinking about that? And then the next game was Rockets Thunder. Chris Paul's the president of the Players Association. He's blindsided. You think he could play the game? And then LeBron that night was supposed to wrap up a series with the Blazers. Do You think he can go out and play? Where's the show of solidarity? And, of course, so the NBA had to pack up. Everybody's like, all right, we got a boycott. Now, if you want a real big laugh, look at Major League Baseball. After basketball led the way, a couple teams in baseball were like, ah, you know what, we're not going to play. So then the next day, half the league's playing and half the league's not. And it's like, what's going on here? Uh, There's just no, we've seen the no solidarity in college football. We've seen the no solidarity in baseball. At least you have solidarity in the NBA. Oh, but wait. Everybody ended up being ticked off at LeBron for what he said at the meeting. Now, we'll do that in the next segment. LeBron versus the younger players. Um, I, I, I don't want to just dive into it with like two minutes left here, but I, I was upset with the Bucs for boycotting. Now, I, I understand they are ticked off about police killing unarmed black men in this country. And the real tough thing is, and I barely went on social media before the show. I saw a Chris Broussard, you know, my, my guy, Chris Broussard, tweeted out a video. And it's like of a white guy with the police pointing guns at him. And he has his hands up and then he just gets in his truck and leaves. And the white guys don't shoot him. And nobody wants to shoot him. Let's not shoot him. But it's weird how like this scenario keeps playing out that the black guys keep getting shot. And I know, I, listen, I texted with so many people, friends, family, like, someone, honest, honest question, like, why were the police there? And, like, no, the Bucks. I don't think they knew the situation. I don't think the Bucks knew that this guy's uh, either baby mama or ex-wife called the cops and this guy's got some outstanding warrants. And, yes, I know his kids were in the car and none of that stuff should matter. But it should matter to the Bucks because now they kind of hitch their wagon to this guy who they know nothing about. And yes, I applaud that they were able, within an hour of boycotting the game, to get on the horn with the Attorney General and start talking to the governor and find out what the hell's going on in Wisconsin and why is the process the way it is. Like, they're learning. I mean, I I saw a number that Doc Rivers said 20% of the players in the bubble are registered to vote. 20? (laughs) I, I don't know, like... I just touted the NBA for being on the same page. And then Doc Rivers is saying 20% of the league is registered to vote. Like that ain't on the same page. What are we doing here? And this all, this all is just, man, listen, guys, I'm sure you wish seven months ago, seven months ago, sports was normal. And now everything's politicized. I don't know. We talked, I think last week, two weeks ago about the NBA struggling with the ratings and. This ain't going to help. And I know you're like, well, who cares? Well, it matters. It matters to the salary cap. It matters to what money's getting in the player's pocket. It matters to their platform. We know NBA players are huge. They're bigger than any other sport in America on Instagram. Tom Brady's got fewer followers than, like, Mike Conley or something. I don't know if that's 100%. (laughs) But that's, like, the, the state of the league, okay? Luka Doncic, these guys are immensely popular on social media. Their platform is the bubble where Adam Silver has empowered them to put Black Lives Matter on the court and write whatever they want on the back of their jersey within reason. The NBA is in a, is in a tough spot, and I'll leave you with this and just let this marinate during the commercial. What happens if 10 days from now some policeman in bum F whatever shoots an unarmed black guy? Are we doing this? Are we boycotting again? Is the bubble over? Are we expecting the NFL to stop? Because, guys, I, I hate to say this. Like, there are bad apples out there. You, you can't do anything. I read a story that really ticked me off, and I'm rambling now. My wife obviously now working out more, going for jogs. And I read a story, like, female joggers are getting killed in America. A woman in Arkansas, like, 26-year-old woman went for a jog middle of the day. Some, some sicko grabbed her and killed her. So I'm sending the, and there's several of them that have happened lately. So I send this story to my wife and I'm like, hey, you got to be careful. Like, don't wear the headphones. Like, here's a story about what you can do. And, you know, her response is, well, why don't these idiots stop killing women? And yes, that's obvious. Yes, 100,000%. Stop killing women. Stop shooting unarmed black guys. But guess what? There's sick people out there. And this is America. There's 330 million people. This stuff is going to happen. Like, We can't stop—sports cannot come to a grinding halt every time some cop shoots an unarmed black guy. Like, that's not a sustainable business model because this is going to happen. We don't want it. Nobody wants it to happen, but it's going to happen. All right, coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio, I think we'll do a little more sports. Um, Gavin and Chris in the control room were looking at me just now, and, like, I wonder if they didn't know where I was going to go. I didn't really know where I was going to go. Listen, the Philadelphia Eagles have lost two starting offensive linemen. That matters. That's a story. And it's, I mean, it's nothing right now because there's a lot of bigger things going on. And I guess coming up next, we'll talk about LeBron allegedly talking down to the younger players. I don't really have a problem with that. I thought these young snowflakes who didn't want to get yelled at in, in the office didn't want to be talked down to. And we mocked the snowflakes. Well, should we be mocking, like, 22-year-old NBA players who were upset that LeBron tried to come hard at them? Like, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll talk about that next here on Fox Sports Radio. Back here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Made the mistake of uh, going on social media during the break. And, uh, you know, you go 15 minutes, you cover a lot of topics, and then you go on social media, and it's like, oh! I'm not even going to say what some of these buffoons said. Like, I don't... Anyways, let's just get to LeBron. Let's just get to LeBron. It, it's not. It's going to be a, a waste of time to, for me to even look at some of these comments and think that you guys think you know what you're saying about what I'm saying. Like, I, I can't believe you, anybody would think that racism is okay. Systemic racism, yes, it's awful. We need to stamp it out. But this idea that it's going to be stamped out tomorrow, like it just doesn't, nothing happens overnight. And this idea the idea that sports should come to a stop until no more cops are are shooting people like that's that's just not realistic uh, it's just not I, I I would love for that to happen that would be amazing but i don't i, I is the NFL going to stop a game they're just going to shut down operations because some cop in you know Alabama shoots somebody What's next? Like, should all companies stop working until... Should we just grind to a halt until everything works out? Like, why don't we just get all the bad people out of here? How about that? I mean, if they were that easy, we'd do it. All right, so anyways, LeBron James... Damn it, I'm getting pissed. It's 20 minutes into the show, guys. So LeBron James is, you know, the leader in the NBA, and that's just how it is. He's been around forever. He's been in way more battles than any of these guys in the league have. 35 years old. And apparently, he really ticked off some of the young guys at the bubble when he was just like, I'm done, I'm out. All the 28, uh, not the 28 other teams, the other teams left in the bubble wanted to play. LeBron was like, I'm done. So here's what Stephen A. Smith said about LeBron James getting all ticked off in the bubble.
6: I heard, first of all, he was speaking out of pocket um, and was talking to uh, the players in a fashion that really turned some of the young, uh, some of these young cats off. This is a new day. It's a new de- generation. And as we have said on, in previous shows, when cats were out in the street protesting and things of that nature, just talking about the younger generation, they're not having it anymore. Well, guess what? The younger generation of players... We're not having what they were hearing from LeBron James because the fashion in which he spoke to them. So when he stormed out of there, I was told it was in part because of that. And he sort of came off like, I got mine, I don't need this, and walked out. Now, we later learned that the Lakers and the Clippers were the two teams that did not want to participate while the other 28 teams were willing to go forward. So fast forward from Wednesday, Max. To Thursday, meaning yesterday, they have a meeting. It's at least two players from each team that's in the playoffs. All right? In the case of the Lakers, I was told there were four guys. Okay? There was an owner on the call from each team that was there each team that's in the playoffs and owner of course michael jordan was on the call even though his team wasn't there because he's the chairman of the labor relations committee and and adam silver led the call and of course michelle Roberts did most of the talking from what i was told well lebron james or when everybody thought the meeting was over lebron james grabs the mic and from what i'm told talks for about 15 minutes yeah. And he's talking about 15 minutes in a fashion that turned everybody off because they had already agreed to what they were going to do moving forward. And he was talking about quote, the guys beneath me, I have to look out for the guys beneath me to the point where you have people saying what the hell you mean beneath you. Now they didn't say that to him, but they certainly said it to people like myself, Woj and others yeah. who are covering that meeting. Well, he came across as if he was the king with some crown and what have you. And it was a real, real turnoff.
3: Yeah, I, I don't, that, 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 that's as bad of a job as a reporting as I've heard in a while on something that matters. Basically, we barely know what LeBron said that ticked off a couple of people who texted Stephen A. Smith. Because I didn't read this in Chris Haynes. I didn't read this in Woj. So Stephen A. Smith heard from a couple people they were ticked off that LeBron spoke down to them. Are you kidding me? Really? We're ticked off the way LeBron spoke. Uh, He's ready to get the hell out of the bubble. And he doesn't need this. Yeah, he doesn't need the Milwaukee Bucks going off half-cocked and making a decision that has ramifications for the entire league. Yeah, I can understand why LeBron's upset. Coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio. In an actual sports story, um, the Big Ten is now allegedly discussing starting college football around Thanksgiving. Should the SEC and ACC push back and start it around Thanksgiving so we can have an actual college football season? We'll talk about that next with a guest. But first, here's Isaac Lowenkron with What's Trending in sports. Good morning, Jason. Former NBA
7: power forward Clifford Robinson has passed away at the age of 53. Robinson played for 18 seasons in the NBA from 1989 to 2007, starting with the Portland Trailblazers, who he represented in two NBA finals. Oh. Oh. He went on to play for the Phoenix Suns, Detroit Pistons, Golden State Warriors, and the then-New Jersey Nets. Robinson won the NBA's Sixth Man of the Year award in 1993 and was an All-Star in 1994. In the NFL, Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald reports that the Dolphins are trading linebacker Raekwon McMillan to the Las Vegas Raiders. In Major League Baseball... My love don't cost a thing. But the New York Mets cost too much. A group that includes Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez has pulled out of the bidding to buy the Mets. Billionaire hedge fund manager Steve Cohen has now entered into exclusive negotiations to buy the team. J.Lo tweeted, quote, Alex and I are so disappointed we worked so hard the past six months with the dream of becoming the first minority couple and the first woman owner to buy her father's favorite Major League Baseball team with her own hard-earned money. We still haven't given up. Hashtag NY forever, unquote. And finally, Jason, John Heyman reports that 48-year-old Manny Ramirez has signed a one-year deal with the Sydney Blue Sox of the Australian Baseball League.
3: Back to you. Thank you, Isaac. Back here on Fox Sports Radio, it's me, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1 800 947 auto. The only hard part figuring out which way is easier. All right, our next guest, um, I bet he's really excited about these Big Ten rumors. Kevin Noon, managing editor for BuckeyeGrove.com. Kevin, good morning. How are you?
8: Doing great. Thanks for having me on the show.
3: Yeah, so let's get, give me the absolute latest, Kevin, in regard to these rumors that the Big Ten may actually play this fall, and and how much credence do you put to them?
8: Well, I don't know. I mean, I think that uh, there is a realization that uh, they punted a little too early. And, uh, you know, with the talk about, oh, spring, they're going to play in spring. Well, that never really made any sense. But And I don't know if Thanksgiving makes a lot of sense either, but I think they are trying to accelerate things a little bit. And
3: when you say accelerate, so this November timeline – how on earth is that going to work, given, you know, winter break for everybody? Uh, no, you know, the stu- students are supposed to go home for the holidays. How how how, do you, how could that possibly work?
8: Well, you know, I talked to some people who said, well, you, you do this. You essentially create a bit of a bubble. The students go home after Thanksgiving or before Thanksgiving. You know, the football players are on campus in a bubble. I mean, it wasn't so many years ago here at Ohio State that uh, – first three four games of the season were played before fall term started when Ohio State was on the quarter system but then it does bring into the question well what happens on the tail end because if you're trying to play eight or ten games second semester is going to start and students are going to be back and you're going to lose this bubble so you know I don't I don't really know I mean I, I as a football guy have more of an issue with you know potentially Ohio State Northwestern playing when the Iron Bowl is going on, or something along those lines, and it just it's just—it just really doesn't make a lot of sense to me.
3: All right, Kevin, l- let me get to the obvious question that it, it seems to make the most sense. Why can't the Big Ten get on the, a Zoom call with the ACC and the SEC, and they get some uniformity and and get a timeline together that works for everyone? Like, because you can't have a BCS national championship in December if the Big Ten's just starting their season. And and now the Pac-12 supposedly is not even on board with what the Big Ten's doing, right?
8: Yeah, there's a lot of stubbornness. There's a lot of ego going on right now. Um, I I would not see the the SEC, ACC, Big 12 saying that they they would delay to let everybody get on board. Let's remember the Big Ten acted unilaterally and went to conference only first, really without consulting anybody. So, you know, if I'm one of those other leagues, I'm like, well, you know, the heck with you. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not waiting around for there. And, you know, honestly, if you look at the, the three Power Five leagues that are playing, I think they have just as much right to sit there and play their season and then yeah. declare that their national champion is the national champion of the year. So it, it's on the Big Ten to try and speed up. And, you know, I don't know if starting October 3rd would necessarily work be able to jam a season in, but I think that if if the Big Ten were able to accelerate a little bit more, just say we're going to just do 10 straight, I mean, throw a bye week in there. I mean, you got to think of the welfare of these athletes. No conference championship game and try and get on board and have their champion decided by December 20th when the final uh, college football playoff rankings come out. That would be the only way, but, you know, I just don't know. I mean, there's one thing to have the ADs and the head coaches all clamoring for this, but it really comes down to Kevin Warren and the Council of uh, Presidents and Chancellors to make a decision. And, and they were all too quick to punt the first time around. Yeah, but Ke- Ke- we're
3: talking with Kevin Noon, Managing Editor, BuckeyeGrove.com. So he, I guess here's one of my issues is you're seeing all these schools, North Carolina, NC State, Arizona State, so many schools having, Notre Dame, having these outbreaks of COVID. And it, it, classes are being canceled. It's It's online only. Kevin this is kind of a basic question that I think a lot of people are not understanding. How can you not have school but play football?
8: I mean, do I know that they're student athletes, I know that they're enrolled at the university. Maybe I'm maybe I'm jaded from all of my years in this industry, but you you know they're they they are affiliated yet they are, you know, not completely affiliated in terms of there, you know it it's it's football i mean it's it's football and it, i under- i understand the optics and everything else there, but when it's all said and done i I've never at one point had an issue myself personally of the idea of football happening on campus and students learning remotely i' i i have has never sat wrong with me at at one point. Granted, you know, for full disclosure, I'm somebody whose income comes from yeah. covering football, so I sort of need it. But uh, I just don't – I don't necessarily have have a gigantic issue with it, but, uh, you know, I, I certainly understand the optics.
3: All right, uh, l- let me ask you this, uh, Kevin, final question. So, LSU this week announced, like, their entire offensive line had an outbreak of COVID, and they're in quarantine. You know, I know these rosters are deep. Ohio State has over 100 guys at home. I don't think 100 travel, but – You know how how are schools going to deal with this during the season during the quote unquote season? You know if there is a COVID outbreak, and listen, there are going to be outbreaks. That's just the reality of it. College kids live in dorms, they party, you know, whatever. Uh, What happens if an entire uh, the secondary is wiped out? What do you do? Just next man up, and you got these backups playing? Like, and if you're not playing for the national championship, as the Big Ten clearly can't, if everyone else's season starts in September. What are we even doing? I, I don't It just doesn't make sense.
8: Yeah, I, I just don't want to be in a situation where there's not football. But, I mean, you know, what what do you do? I mean, the Big Ten was the last conference to sit there and drop its schedule. I mean, it went to all these lengths to have teams kind of linked up together where if you had to punt on a week and move everything down, it wasn't going to kill the schedule with where the open weeks were and all the stuff along those lines. I mean, you just have to kind of adapt and survive with this. I mean, you know, we're certainly in uh, in uncharted territory with this. Um, yeah, there are going to be interruptions, which is why I don't think the Big Ten could sit there and meet everybody in the middle. we will start on the October 17th and hope for the best. <laughs> um, you know, you just have to hope that the the additional, you know, those new $5 tests and everything else, I mean, that, you know, with each passing day, we're getting closer to, being able, you know, we're not going to be able to eradicate COVID anytime soon, but, you know, a better a better way of being able to to live with it.
3: Yeah. All right, Kevin Noon, uh, the managing editor of BuckeyeGrove.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Kevin underscore Noon. Kevin, thanks a lot, man, and, uh, you know, good luck with the website and the Buckeyes and the Big Ten and everything. Absolutely. All right, that was Kevin Noon. It's just the Big Ten, man. This is – it's almost comical at this point. Um. Coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio. Jordan Love came out this week, the first-round draft pick of the Packers, and he had a Jimmy Garoppolo five-interception type day. I'm assuming that the rest of the Packers looked around and said, we won 13 games last year, and you guys go out and get us a backup quarterback who's interception happy. How does that help us for this year? We'll talk about that next here on Fox Sports Radio. Gavin, are you caught up on Yellowstone yet? Not even close. I'm oh. having trouble finding it. I know oh, it's on
9: the Paramount Network. Yeah. I just don't know how to Chris, watch Chris, are you that. watching
3: Yellowstone yet?
9: Chris, uh, I, I don't know if Chris is watching Yellowstone. No, I am not watching yeah, Yellowstone. I mean, dude, no. I just
3: caught up season three finale. It's awesome. I mean, we talked about how good Ozark was. Um, You guys are caught up on Ozark, right? Oh, yeah. No. Oh, gee. What are you watching, Chris?
7: I watch uh just old old stuff. I like watching old Star Trek episodes. I'm I'm a, bit really? of a nerd. Yeah. Old yeah.
3: Star Trek. I don't think I, fun fact, I've never seen a full episode of Star Trek. I Chris,
7: grew, I grew up with like Next Generation yeah. and Deep Space 9. Uh, I love that stuff. Well,
9: what's the best Star Trek? I would go Next Generation, but Chris what, what would you? Uh
7: think? I mean Next Generation has its moments, but Deep Space 9 front to back is still my
4: favorite cuz it it's it's deep it's
3: blonde um Jerry the b- Ryan, Black Captain. No,
7: that's no, no, no. You're thinking of you're, what? What? Uh, you're thinking of Voyager? Uh, yeah, it's it's with I forget his name, but it's like yeah, it's it's a it's a black it's a black male lead.
3: No, no. Jerry or, Ryan is the blonde. Yeah, Howard she Stern was in was like, she was in Voyager. Voyager yeah, okay, she yeah. was like seven of nine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I the only reason I know her is because Howard Stern back when I used to listen would just gush about how awesome uh, Jerry Ryan was, and she was obviously very cute. By the way, speaking of Howard Stern. I finally cut the cord on Sirius recently, guys. Uh, disappointing. I just had to. Um, I wasn't getting the use out of it. I'm bigger on podcasts now. Obviously, uh, a shameless plug for Straight Fire on iTunes and Spotify. That's my podcast. And uh, I find myself listening to so much on uh, in the car that I don't really need Sirius. I don't know. I We'll see. Makes sense. Um quick note to put a bow on our last discussion with the managing editor of BuckeyeGrove.com. The number of new coronavirus infections, okay? The entire country of Canada this week. I think it's this week. 431. The University of Alabama, 481. Oh my gosh. Now listen, obviously a lot of these kids are going to be fine and it's not a big deal. But this idea that College is not going to be hampered by coronavirus. It's just not realistic. It's just zero chance of that happening. It's, I'm just so glad I'm not in college right now. Poor guys out there. Now listen, there are bigger things going on in, in the world, obviously, but that just sounds awful. Um, you know what else sounds awful? Jordan Love just throwing an interception after interception in a uh, scrimmage for the Packers. Now, remember, last year Jimmy G was coming back from his injury, and he had a five-interception game, and all these people were like, oh, he can't be a starter. He threw five picks in, in a scrimmage or whatever. Obviously, I'm not doing that with Jordan Love. He could have a fine career. I liked him as a prospect coming out of Utah State. I still don't get how he helps the Packers right now. I don't. If you're Aaron Rodgers, you're just like, come on, dude. Well, what are we doing? Do you guys not care about the the current, the present, right now. Aaron Rodgers, is plenty of time to fend this guy off from even being a factor in the franchise. Remember, Patriots drafted Jimmy G. Brady was ticked. went on to be an MVP, and they trade Jimmy G. How dumb would the Packers front office look if they have to end up trading Jordan Love and they don't get a ton in return because Aaron Rodgers is crushing it. 12 days to the NFL season. And I, I, I just, I don't know about you guys. I don't know if I'm 100% ready. I've, got, I've started to get my bets in. And by the way, I know uh, a lot of you guys haven't flown in an airplane. I have not flown in an airplane. We had to postpone what was going to be an awesome trip to Italy this summer. I don't feel comfortable getting on an airplane. It's not just the airplane. It's getting off the airplane, going through the airport, then getting in an Uber. That, that, and getting in an Uber to the airport too. I, I, all that stuff, I don't feel comfortable. It, listen, do I know people who have flown? Yeah, they say it's fine. It's no big deal. I'm a weirdo. You guys know that. Um, so I think I'm going to have to drive to Las Vegas to sign up for a gambling contest. True story. It's like a four hour drive from LA. And then I sign up for the gambling contest, and I have some winning tickets that I gotta cash. I had the 49ers to win the NFC West. Uh, I had like four other winning tickets from last football season, over unders, player props, and I'll cash those. Sign up for the gambling contest, and then drive four hours back. Doesn't sound like a fun day, but you gotta do what you gotta do. You guys know I'm big on the gambling. I will. I'm gonna look at the lines for today's NBA games. Part of me's a little ticked that the NBA. Like, I was on a roll with the gambling in the NBA. I, definitely having a good um, NBA restart. My whole unders theory didn't work out well, but it didn't matter because I was crushing some props. I would do first halves, second halves, uh, full game. Like, I've had a good run. I've been posting all this stuff on my Instagram stories. Uh, I do some picks for Fox Sports. I've had a good run. And now it's just kind of like, ah, damn it. Three days off, but. I'm going to jump back on. We'll we'll do some picks next hour. Um, I, I, I don't know, like, how much we want to go back to the NBA boycott. I, I, I think, and I know you want to get into well, it I, I Well, I wanted to toss it to you for a sec, Gavin. Now, we we got less than a minute to go, but
9: I don't know. I, I think, at this point, the best conversation with the NBA is who's going to benefit the most from this couple days rest. I mean, there's arguments at the Lakers. There's Clippers with Patrick Beverly. I just saw, you know— Chris Tapp's Porzingis is going to be out for the whole series. Definitely? Um, yes. Yeah. Oh, my just, uh... gosh.
3: Russell Westbrook will be back. That throws a wrench into Rockets' thunder. Also, James Harden had been wearing down two fourth quarters in game three and four. Look at his numbers. Not good. He just wore down. Dort is really wearing on him. Dort, the kid from Arizona State. You hit on so, him with the
9: rebounds. Yes.
3: Right? Yeah. <laughs> what a prop. <laughs> Coming up next, we'll, we'll do some NBA stuff. I don't know. Uh, maybe some Black Panther. It just makes me too depressed. Anyways, thanks for listening. Keep it locked, Fox Sports Radio.
0: Terms and conditions
3: apply. We made it. Hour number two on Fox Sports Radio. It's me, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. I was just talking with Gavin during the break. Um, Listen, this is a a tough time in America. I, I think it's pretty depressing and... A lot of discussions, I'm sure, are being had around breakfast nooks this morning. Do, do people have nooks? They don't have nooks anymore. Tables. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure a lot of families are starting to, uh, I don't know, if come apart at the seams, but really discuss stuff that you don't really talk about normally or you hadn't before, I don't know, the last couple years. Um I will say I've gotten a little closer with my parents during the quarantine simply because like, I'm kind of worried about them. You know, I sent them gloves and masks and I sent them money and I was like, listen, don't go out, you know, and be smart. I mean, go out to get the vitamin D, go for your walks, but you know, let's uh, try not to hang out and do stuff. And anytime, like, you know, we'll FaceTime, the kids will FaceTime my parents and they'll have people over and I don't see masks. And instantly I'm like, oh, come on. But it's, it's family and they apparently are all quarantining together and, Listen, I'm not keen on that now my uh here's a funny one. My son, you know we've given them freedom, so they're biking around with their buddies now, and a couple of them were doing like a inside the house hangout, and we've told our kids we're not doing that, and I'm listen, I know you're probably gonna be fine. We're just not doing the in-house stuff. I mean we know kids like doing sleepovers, and that's cool too, we're just not gonna do that now um and a couple of the kids were going in someone's house and my son knows I'm not, we're not down with letting them in and he's like even with coronavirus you guys are doing that and one of the guys goes, yeah, well Bryce, only three kids have died from coronavirus and all of them had pre-existing conditions and my son is like, are you really trying to give me numbers on coronavirus deaths, you know, and and these little fourth graders get in a conversation and I'm like, Bryce you just gotta tap out on those I will say this, okay, this is pretty funny, um so last weekend, it was hot as hell in Los Angeles. We don't have air conditioning. And I was upset, and I told the wife, I'm not staying here, okay? We got the AC unit, but it's just for our room. The rest of the house is an oven. It's brutal. We, so we go to a hotel in Santa Monica. And, you know, we're at the pool. And there's, I guess, some people and their families from, like, Oklahoma. And I had mentioned to my kids, oh, I'm going to go check the score on the game. And the kid was a little older than my son. And he's like, oh, is it's not the Thunder game. They play later. And then my, the kid starts saying, like, Russell Westbrook's the best player in the NBA. And now this guy's family's from, like, Oklahoma. And my son instantly is like, he's never even won a championship. What are you talking about? And this kid, like, starts saying, well, Russ has the most triple doubles. And my son's like, LeBron is, like, 10 times better than him. Stop. And my son's like, Curry's t-. And then the kid starts saying, like, well, Russell Westbrook has more triple-doubles. And he kept harping on this. And at one point, and I felt a little embarrassed. Think my son, at the pool, loudly goes, my dad works at Fox Sports. He's on television. He talks about the NBA. He's Steph Curry follows him on Twitter. And he starts saying all this stuff. And I'm a little embarrassed. I'm like, Bryce, Bryce, come over here. And I have to tell him, like, listen, people are going to have different opinions, okay? Um you can't you just can't get in these pissing contests. You just got to be like, "You know what? You think this, I think that. It's fine. Kumbaya. Let's have a race swimming or let's play 500 with the tennis ball." And it was just one of those weird moments where um you know, my son knows some of my takes cuz I do yes practice some takes at home. Uh and uh, I have them watching Luka Doncic, but then they go out into the world and say to them and what sounds awesome to me on the radio and podcasts and social media, all this stuff. May not appeal to fourth graders who, you know, don't know as much and yada, yada, yada. Anyways, let's get to LeBron James. So, before we get to them giving the gentleman sweep to the Blazers tonight, um, against my better judgment, Gavin, I'm going to go quickly back to the boycott because I have a little story about um, being a leader, right? So, I hated, absolutely hated when I was a young guy at a newspaper And I kept being told, "Hey, you got to climb the ladder. You got to wait your turn." It's no different here at Fox Radio. You start out on the weekends, then you move to the weekdays, and then you move to hours, and you have to work your way up the ladder. This is happens in every facet of life. Okay, you've got to work your way up the ladder, and and I didn't like that. And I was back uh, my, my second newspaper job. Really, my first, but my second. The papers kind of merged, and I was at the smaller paper, so then I got brought up, like, into the big paper and whatever. And that was the Bergen record. And Woj, uh, this is in New Jersey, Woj was at the paper. He was like, you know, a columnist, big dog. And, man, I'm telling you, starting out at the bottom of the ladder sucks. Iowa Sam knows this. Gavin knows this. I know this. I'm not even making this up, guys. I lived in New Jersey, like, eight miles from New York City. I would go to New York City all the time, having fun, trying to be a young playboy, meeting girls, at the newspaper, they wanted to test me and said, hey, Jason, we need you to cover high school bowling this semester. I'm not making that up. I'm dead serious. They had me go to bowling meets or whatever they're called, bowling events. And I, I was like, are, are, you, are you kidding me? You, you want me to go cover, like, 11th graders bowling? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we need you to do that. And, and you guys know what this is. This is a test. How bad do you want it? You start at the bottom. You got to work your way up. Drake started from the bottom. Now we here. I didn't want to cover bowling, but I had to work my way up. I saw other guys getting plum assignments. I'm like, I can do this. I'm as good as this guy. So you know me, Jason, King Hustler, Mr. Side Hustle. I'm working on stuff on the side. Other projects, trying to get out of the bowling beat for one semester. And I'll never forget this quote from this guy. Uh, His last name is Taleb. He wrote The Black Swan, just a great book. He said, the three most harmful addictions are heroin, carbs, and a monthly salary. And it's easy to fall into that rut of, oh, I'm getting paid. Who cares that I'm covering bowling? It's fine. I got a monthly salary. What am I worried about? But then next thing you know, 10 years later, you're still on the monthly salary. You're still doing bowling and whatever it is. And you haven't gone anywhere. And that, I never wanted to be that guy, ever. Never, I'm never satisfied really with anything. I always want something better. I think I can do better. Um, I think I can level up, as they say. So I'm at this newspaper and my side stuff starts to pay off. Cause obviously I'm like, hey, on my off day, I wanna go cover this AAU basketball tournament. They're like, ah, we don't cover AAU. I'm like, listen, there's great high school players here. I'm gonna go. Start meeting people, blah, blah, blah. Within months, I had a bite from another newspaper, the Fresno Bee. They emailed me out of the blue. Hey, Jason, we we used to have Woj. We used to have Andy Katz. And uh, we have read some of your stuff. I was like, all right, let's go. Look at this. My hard work's paying off. And, you know, I tell Woj, who I was friends with at the time, and he's like, oh, yeah, I worked there. That's a good paper. You get to cover college basketball, blah, blah, blah. I didn't know anything about Fresno, like the town. Apparently, it's that's where Paul George is from. Uh, or, uh, I no, he went to, I'm sorry, Paul George went to college there. Paul George uh, didn't go to, isn't from Fresno. Fresno had Tark the Shark, Chris Herron, uh, awesome player. Like, Fresno churned out some good basketball players. So Woj lets the sports editor know, hey, man, there's already a newspaper coming for Jason. We're going to lose him if we don't give him some good stuff. you Step it up. Next thing you know, the next week, I went from bowling and Jason is at, Mets Cardinals at Shea Stadium. And it was like, oh, cool. Now listen, this is embarrassing to admit. Jason is uh, speaking in the third person. Sorry. I'm, tw- I'm like 25, 24 years old. I'm at Mets Cardinals. I don't know the protocol that you can only interview certain time here, certain time there. And I see Albert Pujols and a teammate walking in the bowels of Shea Stadium. And I'm telling you, this is before the new Mets Stadium, way back. And Albert Pujols is a mountain of a man. I don't know if you've ever seen him up close. I know Gavin's an Angels guy. Albert Pujols is enormous. And I, young reporter, covering the Mets for the first time, see him walking with a guy, and I just stop him and say, Albert, I had a quick question. And he looks at me like, who the hell are you? What are you doing? And he just keeps on going, doesn't even acknowledge me. I was like, okay, lesson learned. Listen, that's who I am. I'm fearless. I'm not backing down because Albert Pujols didn't want to talk to me over here. It's My opportunity one on one with pool holes. Of course, I'm going to try now. Looking back, that's kind of funny. But as soon as the sports editor knew that Jason's hustling, Jason's getting other options, he's not content being the low man on the totem pole, we're going to give him more. So then, like two weeks later, I was at USA Basketball, uh, at, at the Madison Square Garden, that's where I met Chris Boussard for the first time. And I'm a, a, within three more months, I'm covering the MLS for this newspaper. So I went from like bowling hustle, hustle, hustle. I'm not content being low man on the totem pole to covering the MLS and the Metro stars. It was awesome. I, I I didn't have patience. I didn't want to wait my turn. This is what LeBron is dealing with in the bubble right now. These people who, and I shouldn't say these people, these players who we don't know were upset that LeBron was talking down to them, who said, "I got to get mine. You guys are on the come up. you got to prove yourself." That's what LeBron's dealing with. Some young and hungry guys. Now Kyrie Irving is not in the bubble. We know Kyrie is a power guy. Kyrie wants power. But I don't know Gavin. I'm trying to think like who in the bubble could have been so ticked that they would be reaching out to Stephen A to let him know. We know Kawhi and the Clippers were ready to bounce just like LeBron. But I mean, is Giannis? I don't think Giannis is texting Stephen A Smith that Who's LeBron talking to? Uh, my gut tells me it's maybe the same guys that Kyrie Irving didn't mesh with. Remember Kyrie's story in Boston when Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were like, they, they, they got next. They're coming up. And they didn't like how Kyrie was talking down to them. I don't know if you guys remember that. And Kyrie called LeBron and said, hey, man, I, I know what you were talking about when I was a young punk. And this this is what happens. You have the young, hungry guys. Now, not everybody in the NBA is young and hungry and wants to become a superstar and become LeBron. Obviously, not everybody wants that. But I always want to strive for the top. And my guess is there were guys of the ilk of uh, young young stars, Tatum and Jalen Brown, being like, yo, who's LeBron talking to? Because remember, they didn't back down from him, Gavin, in that... Ah, uh, Cavs-Celtics series a couple years ago. Do you have any theories on who maybe reached out to Stephen A. Smith?
9: Uh, I I th- think you hit it dead on with Jalen Brown. Um, he from what I've heard about Jalen Brown, he could be the you know in Chris Paul's position going forward, like yeah. in the future, because he's just really into these issues and well spoken on it. Um, I, you know I do wonder if these guys who it means a lot to them, they get frustrated when LeBron comes in and all of a sudden he has to be the face of this and take over and have all the accolades and, and he gets the final say when some of them, you know, might have differing opinions or, or how everything should have been handled. So, yeah, I think you hit it on the head with that and you also go back to, you know, their frustrations with LeBron in the past. So
3: Yeah, it's, it's weird. LeBron is going to be the guy, you you know this, who gets... Hammered when things go sideways, right? I mean, the TV pundits, the social media guys, they're not nobody's going after Jalen Brown for anything. Like, even Patrick Beverly, did you see the Patrick Beverly comment? I did, yeah. In I- the Chris Haynes story, Patrick Beverly, when Michelle Roberts was saying, just FYI guys, um, bailing on the season is gonna cost you dearly in the pocketbook. And I'm sure she put it politely. And Patrick Beverly says, like, you pay my salary. I don't want to hear from you. Or something along those lines. Yeah, I think he denied saying that line. But he definitely said
9: something. He acknowledged that it was contentious in there. And every reporter has talked about it got pretty. A lot of emotions. Emotions were high there. Uh, You know, Patrick Beverly has had a chip on his shoulder his whole life. So (laughs) I'm not sure he's the best listener.
3: Yeah, and, like, I'm just saying, like, all this is going to come back to what did LeBron say. Well, you know what LeBron did? LeBron walked out of that meeting and got on the horn with Barack Obama. That's how. <laughs> that's what it appears that LeBron did. Like, hey, you know what? It's nice that we've got guys in the room talking, and it's nice we got some billionaires we're going to reach out to, and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to just hit up Barack Obama and see what he thinks. I think it's a pretty pretty sharp move by LeBron James. You know? Now, it does, uh, you know, that gives credence to the talking down to. I mean, Gavin, really, LeBron's in a room. What, what's he going to say, or what's he going to hear from some of these young guys in the league, that's has like, George Hill of the Bucks. apparently was one of the ringleaders in boycotting the game. And I, again, I didn't agree with the boycott. I understand why they did it, but I personally would not have agreed with it. Well,
9: yeah, and it but, sounds like a lot of them disagreed with the method they did. Yes, not giving them 100%.
3: Um, but, like, what is LeBron going to hear from George Hill that's going to change his mind? I, I mean, LeBron's building friggin' schools in Ohio. He's way above... A lot of these guys in the league, and that's just how it is. It's not like he's. I, I know. Better than I,
9: I, I think them. it was a collective thing, and they had an agreement. And then LeBron comes in at the end, and you know, and, and in their view, on his high horse, and and hey, this is how it's really going to go. You guys thought it was done. Well, this is what I want to see happen. And I, I can understand. I think everyone can put themselves in your own workplace or wherever, and you feel like someone is taking it, you know, like they're better than you. And I I could see that being frustrated. It's like, yeah, maybe you are the best player of all time. Maybe you have more money and more accolades and you're the most famous player around, but you know, maybe we have a better idea than you. So Hmm. I don't know.
3: Yeah. It's, it's an interesting one. I, you remember Avery Bradley did not come to the bubble with the Lakers. Dwight Howard was close to opting out. You wonder if some of this leads to some splintering among teams. At all, I don't know that. That's something that bears watching. But coming up next, I I guess we will actually get down to the NBA in the bubble. Now, Gavin saying Porzingis is done for the series. That's that's bad news. I think if you're Luca, you got to come out of this bubble looking for who can we pick up. I need a new number two because Porzingis is not reliable. He's 25, and the guy can't stay healthy. It's just it's so sad. And I'm sure you guys saw that picture floating around on social media, a bunch of European guys at 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 like a breakfast. Yeah. And if you notice who Luca's sitting next to, of course, the other, the second best Euro in the NBA, Jokic. I wonder what they're plotting there. Um, but if you could get Luca, Murray, and
9: Jokic on the oh, same team, good. That would be goodness. that so, would be a super team. I'd be down with.
3: Yeah, definitely. So uh, coming up next, we'll talk about a little of uh, the players, and then you know, coming up at eight thirty, I got a good, we have a good guest coming in. He. Um, Let's say he disagrees with a lot of the stuff about the Sixers and breaking it up and the GM and the coach. So we'll talk to him about that uh, next here on Fox Sports Radio.
0: Terms and conditions apply.
3: Back here on Fox Sports Radio. Talked in the first hour about Black Panther and Chadwick Boseman passing. Just unbelievable. Kobe, Chadwick Boseman. I mean, guys my age, gone. It's just unbelievable. Uh, Back here on Fox Sports Radio. I don't know, it's tough for me to get ramped up about the NBA today coming off what we, what's going on in the last three days. And I, and I was telling Gavin, I don't like going down this rabbit hole of, oh, what is Jacob Blake's background? Like, I, I just don't want to do that. Then you get sucked into these online conversations that are debates that you don't even need to have. There's no win. Where is the win? Where's the upside? Because all these news organizations, we know this, are slanted. They all are. I mean, you read something and you pass it on and then you read something from another place that's like diametrically opposed to it and you're like, wait, what? Which is it? So I, I just, it's frustrating. I don't know. I was what? what are your thoughts on the Big Ten? Uh, trying to allegedly play Thanksgiving weekend. I think or I'm started. for it.
10: I think I'm for it. I mean, we have to hear more about it, but um i'm I'm open to it, but, like, why wait till thanksgiving? what What are we going to see how this peters out? Are we? Well, isn't it a better option than waiting until January or February to play I mean, to play? I mean, I guess they're getting caught up sort of in the season.
3: I mean, maybe better tests come out,
10: yeah. yeah the testing thing the testing has to improve, at least Kevin Warren mentioned that in his open letter. Um, but in terms of, uh, I don't know, maybe the pressure, the pressure on the big 10 from parents and you saw the Nebraska players suing and there's just all this pressure mounting from the outside. I don't know if it's having an effect on perhaps not reversing course, but like, I didn't read the new course of the
3: lawsuit from the Nebraska players. What are they
10: seeking? They're basically saying that, uh, that because of like the, the process was so opaque that that they can sue. I mean, really, the grounds to sue. I don't know how. Well, what are
3: they asking for? Because they're they're not being cost any money here, right? They can't make money. Yeah, they um, keep their scholarship. What, what are we doing?
10: I I, I don't. That's know. That's
3: like the theme. What the hell are we doing here? I don't know. Um, jeez, Gavin just—they're
10: <laughs> trying to force some change. I, I mean, specifically, I'll have to. Uh,
3: everybody wants change. I I keep coming back to this. Listen, I'm up for change. Let's. We got a lot of stuff to change in this world, but. I think we need to start individually. Change yourself first. Get yourself into a good place. Then change your family. Make sure everybody, they're in a good place. Then go local. Your neighborhood. Help clean up your neighborhood. Make sure everybody's on the same page and working together. I mean, I just read this story in the New Yorker about China. And there's a basically an American as a professor there. And he's watched how amazingly they've done Handling COVID. And it really starts at the local community levels where they sent basically groups to contract trace in communities. Now, a lot of the stuff in the article would never fly in America. It's just, they're way too strict. I mean, we can't get people to wear friggin' masks here. Uh, some of this contact tracing that they're doing over there is definitely not going to fly. But we are, it feels like we're inching closer and closer to some type of... uh, What's that movie? Uh, Have you seen Minority Report with Tom Cruise? Great movie. Awesome movie. Um, Like, it feels like we're going to be headed there. A lot of this technology and... I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you're not causing trouble and doing bad things, you shouldn't be worried about that. And frankly, I'm not. Now, of course, somebody could set you up. You get screwed. But by and large, like...
10: I don't know, uh, Jason. By the way, I just wanted to add that when we were actually thinking of the crux of this lawsuit from the eight Nebraska players, it is just to quote po- uh, invalidate the league's postponement to invalidate it. You know, to say basically you need to reverse course. This is according to Adam Rittenberg's writing from ESPN. dot okay. com. So, All
3: right, so yeah, they they aren't looking for monetary. They're damages. just trying
10: to stop that decision. That's 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 simply that that's that's it
3: let us play and risk covid but i mean which is fine hey you're probably going to be okay probably we think coming up next year on fox sports radio bringing in former nba champ dante jones good guy smart guy played with lebron we'll talk to him next but first Here's Isaac Lohenkron with What's Trending in Sports. Jason, former NBA power
7: forward Clifford Robinson has passed away at the age of 53. He played for 18 seasons in the league from 1989 to 2007 with the Portland Trailblazers, who he represented twice in the NBA Finals the Phoenix Suns, the Detroit Pistons, Golden State Warriors, and the then New Jersey Nets. Robinson won the NBA Sixth Man of the Year award in 1993. He was an NBA All Star in 1994. Kevin Love of the Cleveland Cavaliers grew up in the Portland area and tweeted a short time ago, R.I.P. Clifford Robinson, some of my earliest memories of NBA basketball were of you as the lifeblood to those early mid-90s Blazer teams. R.I.P. to a Portland legend. In the NFL, Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald reports that the Dolphins are trading linebacker Raquan McMillan to the Las Vegas Raiders. Baseball, a group that includes Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez, has pulled out of the bidding to buy the New York Mets. So, billionaire hedge fund manager Steve Cohen has entered into exclusive negotiations to buy the team. JLo tweeting, quote, Alex and I are so disappointed. We worked so hard the past six months with the dream of becoming the first minority couple and the first woman owner to buy her father's favorite Major League Baseball team with her own hard earned money. We still haven't given up, unquote. Finally, John Heyman reports that 48-year-old Manny Ramirez has signed a one-year deal with the Sydney Blue Sox of the Australian Baseball League. That's not a bat. That's a bat. Jason, back to you.
3: <laughs> oh, boy, was that a uh, Crocodile Dundee deal? It reference? was. Very good. Well done, Isaac. Thank you. Back here on Fox Sports Radio, it's me, Jason McIntyre. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Our next guest, you know him well. Uh, I've worked with him plenty at FS1 and Fox Sports Radio. Dante Jones, NBA champ, all-around great guy. Dante, man, how how are you doing right now?
11: I'm, I'm okay, man. Today's a tough day. Cliff Robinson passed, so... Um, yesterday, Chadwick Boseman, and then all the stuff going on in the world. So I'm, 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 I'm okay. I'm trying to be the best that I can be. Yeah. How you doing?
3: It's tough, man. I, I'm with you. The, the Chadwick Boseman last night just hit me hard because I took my kids. We love Black Panther, and I tried to talk to them about it. I'm curious, like, uh, how do you talk to your kids about uh, what's going on in America? Your kids, I think, a little older than mine, but not that much older. I, I mean, I, I'm, you can't shield them from it. It's, it's everywhere. How, how do you talk to them? Right. About it?
11: Right. Um. So I have a 14, uh, 14 13, 12, uh, 8, and 2, right? And for 14, 14, 13, 12, I'll just basically ask them how they're feeling because they're attached to social media, so they see everything. Mm. And I'm just, how do you feel? And what are you thinking? Wow, what is your understanding? And trying to fill in the gaps after that because they've already developed some type of understanding because you know, they're humans, They're they're attached to... To, to the culture and society. And, and I'm just trying to fill in the gaps and try to give them a deeper understanding of, of what's going on rather than them just stay at a, at a shallow point that they're at.
3: Yeah. It's extremely difficult. I, I can't even imagine. I mean, you got two teenagers. That's wild. Um, You know, what, what, what were your immediate thoughts on when the Bucks boycotted the game and, and be completely honest. Cause I've, you know, take it to beat for saying I didn't like it initially. I didn't know the plan. I Still don't know that there was a plan. It seems like LeBron didn't love it. Um, your thoughts when the boycott happened?
11: My thoughts, well, the, we go, my thoughts go to the day before when Toronto was speaking of not playing. And I did not agree with that one because I thought that the Bucks had to be the, the, the team that did it. The, the Bucks. it's their community, it's their backyard. They were the people that were going to be able to influence change on this situation, which has saddened a lot of people. So when they did it, I thought it was necessary. I thought it was courageous. I thought those guys, even if it was a boycott for one day to, to, use, that, to use, use that platform because I was always a proponent of the guys going back to play, but to use the platform to be able to try to influence change. And that was a scenario where we could, even if we sat down for a day of games and did not play a day of games and did not play or, or two days of games, whatever it was, to use the platform to try to uh, influence change and and try to bring and shed light on on what's going on in our world.
3: So Stephen A. Smith then comes out and says, well, the players are upset at LeBron James for what he said in the meeting. It feels like LeBron, and again, I'm not putting words into LeBron's mouth, but you know him well. It felt like him, Chris Paul, they were blindsided by this. The Bucs didn't tell anybody. They didn't tell the Orlando Magic. And basically, once the Bucks boycott, everybody else felt like, well, we got to boycott or we look like we don't care. And I guess well, LeBron may have conveyed some of that and that's what Stephen A. Smith was talking about.
11: Well, I think that was their, their right too. And I'm not. And I, and if I was a player at this point in time, I wouldn't be upset with them because it's their city. It's their attachment. They have Sterling Brown on their roster, a guy who's been in a situation similar to, to, to some of the things that's going on in our world. So they're more sensitive. They have a bigger influence on this situation is their right to, they shouldn't have to ask the permission of the other players. Mm-hmm. They boycott it. If you feel like you have to now, that's more not attached to the cause. It's more, you don't want to feel in like you're insensitive. So, um, I think give you perspective on those meetings. It's a lot of different people from different socioeconomic backgrounds mm-hmm. who are in different places financially right now, who have different types of family structures. Um, some, some fathers, some not like guys are, 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 are all are, all across the spectrum and to get them to agree even on labor issues is hard. Yeah. So on an issue like this, on what you should do or what you shouldn't do, I think they agree on the, the overall goal, but on what you should and what you should not do, how it affects your family, how it affects what's going on with you and the, and the communities that you represent. It's going to be, it's going to be all over the place. It's never, it's, they try to come to a unified decision, but it's never really going to be yeah. everybody. You just have to go with what the majority feels. So if guys feel some way about the way LeBron reacted or way he spoke, it's it's the same thing for everyone. I think there was if you look at that meeting, there was gonna be somebody that disagreed with him. It just depends on who Stephen A's source was. Right. Um, to get an overall opinion of the meeting. You you can't get that because because if you talk to somebody else and I talk to somebody else, we're going to get a different perspective of what what really happened at
3: that meeting. We're talking with Dante Jones, former NBA champ, played with the Cavs, played at started at Duke, Rutgers. Uh, Dante, let me ask this though: Is there now a precedent with what just went down with the boycott? Uh, let's say another unfortunate incident happens, and some cop shoots a unarmed black guy uh, and doesn't kill him. Does the NBA now say, "Well, we got a boycott again"? Like I, 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 just don't know. I don't know where we go from here. Like, I, well, I
11: think the the pressure and the um, influence being used on the the police in Kenosha, on the state of Wisconsin. I think that's what where um, the Milwaukee Bucks move some ground. Their owner um, had some unique conversations, had some influence on what's going to take place in there. And, and over that situation and, and trying to help with precedents, or, or trying to help with the change of laws to be able to avoid situations like this if something happens in our backyard we have to use our influence mm-hmm. as athletes to be able to try and cause change And because let, let's 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 take this in a box if the milwaukee bucks who represent the state of wisconsin and the, and, and and milwaukee as a city if they say you know what we're done and 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 we want to we want to pull the bucks from Milwaukee because we do we do not agree with the mm. way you treat guys like on the basketball team what would the reaction be with the state of Wisconsin now then, are now you're talking that are really, <laughs> these are these are things that are really possible but in a situation like this you give them the benefit of doubt you say you know what we like to work with you uh, we think this should be should happen if you don't look at us like this, then we have to possibly look at moving this team or possibly take other actions. And I think this was the first step of having a conversation like that to show that we do have strength um, as a as organizations from owners, from from governors to players.
3: So now now that's a great point, because we know the Bucks owner. Uh, I think he tried to get the Democratic Convention to Milwaukee and they ended up helping in some capacity. It was done over Zoom or whatever. Um But what if you get an NBA owner who's a Republican and there is something in that city that goes down and the players want that support? Like, we're headed to some very strange places, potentially, in the NBA. Now, I don't know. I mean, we saw baseball had some impact. Um, You know, there was a little bit of impact on on the tennis court. I don't know if hockey was as impacted. But uh, we're setting a precedent here where if anything bad goes down, the players are going to be willing to boycott. That's a little well, dangerous but, but, Dante.
11: Well, I, it's it's not anything goes bad. It's the it's it's and and I think that is the the connotation that's kind of like giving us a negative representation, right? It's not anything that goes bad. It's just trying it's 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 fighting for the representation and the accountability of people in, who are paid by taxpayers. You get right. what I'm saying? Yeah, it's no, not no, like that, anything yeah. that goes bad. If I'm having a bad day, we boycott. No, that's not what we're <laughs> doing. Yeah, no. no. If, if I don't get what I want at the, at the meal table, at the arena we boycott. No, it's not anything that goes bad. It's the representation of law enforcement. It's, it's holding people responsible for the mistakes that they made instead of hiding them and pushing into the background and just forgetting about the issue and, and, and saying that it doesn't matter. That is what guys are fighting for. So if you do have a Republican owner and you and he has his right to be a Republican, that's not the issue. It's not democratic or Republican. It's about how we want to hold people accountable, in the cities or states that we play in, and that could affect free agency. You can see, you can see a, a high touted free agent and say, "You know what? I don't want to play for that type of older who who does not voice for his community or does not uphold people to a certain standard in his community. I could possibly not want to play in that city.
3: That's a great point. Or I I could
11: want to be traded? Uh,
3: Mark Cuban sitting with a superstar, and Mark Cuban's been very pro player lately. That's a great point, Dante Jones. Uh, so let me, I guess. The next question, which is kind of a big one, is how do you handle the league going forward? Do you believe, aside from the political stuff, that the league will be able to play home games next year? It sounds like they're not keen on the bubble. The players aren't keen on it. The owners certainly are not from a financial standpoint. But, like, if you can't do it at home games, like where I just don't know where the league goes from here and the COVID situation. It feels like it's potentially... Uh, a, a powder keg, you know. Adam Silver's already talking about pushing back the start of the league to January, and then you factor in the ratings decline, which may or may not be related to the social issues. I don't know. NBA feels like it's in a tricky place, does it not?
11: Everything's in a tricky place right now. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. It's like to compare it to the years before. I think that was it. that's an ill representation of what the time is now. Um, so if we if if the NBA has to push it back to January just for health and and safety precautions to be able to possibly play home games. I looked at something that said that they're they're trying to um, for for teams in your conference that you play twice two times in a row. Kind of what they do in the G League to to, to, to cut down on travel. Mm. That's a possibility. But whenever the time is necessary, I think even a shortened season is enough because in lockout seasons we had to we had to do that, and and it still it got us through to be able to get past. The, 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 the negative moment and look towards the future. So even if you have to have a shortened season or push it back to January, um, whatever's necessary that's going to have the most player involvement and enthusiasm, I think when you get the guys on the court, it's, it's the best thing for the game. So if that's what you have to do, that's what you have to do. Yeah,
3: I'll get you out of here with this. I, I had seen you and Damon Jones were not happy with my uh, 76ers and change and maybe Elton Brand is in trouble. I don't know, the Sixers fired Brett Brown, uh, whether or not that was fair, up for discussion. But wh- where do they go from here? Um, you know, they got a, a, a kind of a disjointed team. Uh, ben Simmons coming off the injury. What do we do with Al Horford? I, if the if the Sixers call you for advice right now, Dante Jones, what are you advising them on?
11: Um, Brett Brown being fired is not a negative. It's just that his time has elapsed. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like His voice does not seem like it reigns in that room like it used to so it's the cooperation of all the players and if you think that you have a roster that could possibly compete for a championship and we're not performing at the level that that we think we can like ben simmons not shooting threes somebody has a coach has to be able to relate to him help him understand why it's necessary, and he has to listen to the coach. If he's not listening to the coach, then it's not effective communication coming down. So I don't think Brett Brown is a bad coach by no means, but it's no longer the job for him. Um, there probably be jobs for him that could best utilize his talent. Yep. Right now, that one's just not it. So Elton Brand is in a unique situation to where if I'm the GM and I'm responsible for coaching and players that I bring in, if the coach is not somebody that I totally 100% believe in, and i did not hire i have to get somebody because i'm being i'm being rated upon his performance and i may not think he's the man for the job so for have a fair representation of elton brand is not just the players on the court it's the coaching staff that he has to be able to hire right that is and he's going to be responsible for that so that the next guy that he hires if he's he's now you can uphold you can hold him fully accountable for the organization because he brought players in he keep formulated the roster and he formulated the coaching staff and that's a representation of elton if it's just brett brown there you can't fully you can't fully grade him on what he did as a general manager so going forward i think you have two great you have two budding superstars right guys who are not really communicating and working well in an efficient manner Mm -hmm. you need a coach that can come in and, and more of a can communicate better to the players that they can relate to And I think they have um, a a guy that I work with. I think that's one of his best, best assets. And and, and what he can do is communicate and help guys work together along with the X's and O's of coaching along with um, his expertise in the playoffs and knowing what it takes to get to, to be able to, to be a championship team. I think that's what um, those guys would be looking to and have a respect for. And I think, I think that is a, I think that it would be a good situation for for Tyloo. I think he's up for mm. um, Brooklyn and the Seventy Sixers, but that's a guy who's been a player. So player coaches tend to have some type of um, unique understanding and point of view to help st- superstars like that, guys who are trying to go to a next level. He's coached unique talents like LeBron James, like Kyrie Irving. So now you have a respect for him, a guy who's been in, a, in the finals yep. three years in a row. Like those, That's something those guys want to do. That's something that, that that they can, that's a call to action and a voice that those guys can respect. And I think it, if you create a unique coaching staff, that'd be that'd be a great situation for them.
3: All right. Dante Jones, former NBA champ, thank you very much. Good stuff. Uh, Coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio, does Ty Lue make sense? To the Sixers, we'll talk about that next. Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief works fast and you won't stink. It's pharmacist-recommended odor-free pain relief. For muscle pain, backache, strains, sprains, or even arthritis, there is no stinging or burning involved. It's simple pain relief. Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief works fast and you won't stink. Interesting stuff from Dante Jones. I I don't know, Gavin. I, are the Sixers a better job than the Nets right now?
9: That would be very hard to say. I don't think so. I think I'd rather have Kyrie and KD. Um, I mean, look at Joel Embiid. When he's alone, doesn't have a second piece. Can't really go that far. Not that you could go far with them both,
3: uh, Simmons and Embiid, but... They were kind of exposed Who, okay, to Okay, fine. Let me adjust that. Who's a more coachable duo? Kyrie and KD or Embiid and Simmons? Coachable, you'd probably go Embiid and Simmons. Right, because they <laughs> haven't won anything. Yeah. But if they're so coachable, why is Embiid always out of shape and why has Simmons never really developed a jump shot? Kyrie and KD not going to be listening. I'm, I just don't think that. No. I mean, KD uh, won two titles and was the finals MVP twice. Kyrie won a championship with LeBron. They've played with the best players in the league. KD played in the best system in the league. It's going to be tough for anybody to come in and try to say to them, "Hey, let's do this." I just I that's the next job myself.
9: would actually be interesting for Tyron Liu, fitting him back with Kyrie.
3: Yeah, but I don't think they ended well because I think he thought of Ty Liu as a LeBron guy, and he was just like, "Oh, it's LeBron's team. I, I, you're on." The yeah, LeBron I side.
9: guess. You know, I'm thinking about they won a title together and if yeah. that would work. But, you know, Kyrie would have to humble himself. And I don't think that's... <laughs> be- <laughs>
3: By the way, oh, oh, next hour, I, I, I'm opening with it. All these people are like, hey, you owe Kyrie an apology for what you said about him pre-bubble. And remember, Kyrie was leading the anti-bubble stuff. And everybody's, oh, this week, it's like, oh, Kyrie was so right. Was he? What, what the hell was he right about? That another cop's going to kill somebody? Or shoot somebody? No! Come on! We'll talk about that next year on Fox Sports Radio.
5: Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at angie.com. That's angi.com or download the app today.
3: Hour number three here on Fox Sports Radio. High noon on the East Coast. We got NBA basketball back. Not yet. I think it's in a few hours. I'm coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Yeah, we uh, opened the show today with the uh, bummer about Black Panther. Huge fan of Chadwick Boseman. I just told Gavin, today I might call an audible on the family and say that um, we're going to watch the movie 42. I haven't seen it. Chadwick Boseman as Jackie Robinson. Uh, I touched on, I know you guys enjoy the dad life stuff, especially... Iowa Sam's buddy in Iowa who's always tweeting at us. He loves that stuff. Uh, we thought it would be a good beach weekend. It's going to be like 70 degrees today. I'm not complaining. Trust me. But I did tell the wife, listen, I got a big fantasy football draft, $500 league. Like, I I, I need to be ready. Even though I did have Matthew Barry on my podcast, Straight Fire. You could download that on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, Matthew Barry gave some great stuff. I've known him for a while. Good guy. Um I, I don't know that I'm fully ready because, you know, we got two extra spots due to the COVID sitch and uh, I need to, I need to bone up on fantasy football. So um, I, I think we'll try to watch a movie today. We may call an audible, go to the beach tomorrow, but for the LA audience listening, we we went to Santa Monica last weekend, stayed at a hotel and I don't know, Gavin, have you been to Santa Monica lately? Uh, I, uh, no, not based off what I see on the news. I do not want to go to Santa Monica. <laughs> Dude, so, I mean, first of all, listen. I, I know it's like a young town, but um, lots and lots of stuff in the street that you don't normally see. And my kids, you know, we're with the kids. We put on the masks. I would say 98% masks walking around, which is great. And a lot of young people, a lot of homeless people. I did not know that in Santa Monica. And, you know, there's just, I mean, homeless people, like a guy in, like, basically his underwear, like right off the street just, like, talking loudly, nonsensical, and my kids are like, what, you know. And I was like, all right, this is good experience, need to open their eyes, but let's quickly, like, you know, one day in and out, It was just like, you know, you got two little elementary school kids. You don't know who's flying off the handle. It was an eye-opening experience to go to Santa Monica. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. How much of that do, do the young kids need? Like, you know, we've gone. We, listen, I've taken them to New York City. Um, we haven't done much downtown L.A., but some of this stuff, I, I don't know if they're ready to see. And the marijuana smell is very pungent every, like, eight feet. Um, and they know now the marijuana smell. They know what that is. I had no clue when I was nine years old what marijuana was. Um, but right before the segment started, Steve Hartman walked in. And you guys know Hartman is coming up next with Katino Mobley at the bottom of the hour. And you guys often tell me how different my show is from his. He's a little combative. And he relishes in mixing up the political stuff and. You know, to an extent, uh, I'm not putting him on the spot. Gavin likes the political stuff. I, I, I just don't. And I told this story on, on the podcast, but, like, I love, love, love sports. I mean, it is so fun. I like playing sports. I like watching sports. I like talking about sports. If they let me and they said, Jason, I need an hour right now on the NBA draft. I'll give you two. I devour this stuff. I'm prepared. I watch college hoops. I study the players. I talk to people who I think are in the know. I just, I love it. Fox Sports came to me recently. Jason, you know what really really crushes for us is your NFL mock drafts. Can you get one for next week? Sure. No problem. I'm on it. I can do sports. And, and, And I'm a little confident and bordering on cocky and i always want to do the best and be the best and i told this story that when we were in pennsylvania before we moved out here to la my kids were in this running club and it, you know they were young and you would take the kids out to this field and they would teach them how to run and run races and there would be races and i uh i was a pretty good young athlete and i was like in some regional events and when I would take my kids to the run club, I would see them like, okay, they're going to be better than me. Yes, yes, this is great. Awesome. And at the end of the run club, there was a parent's one-mile race. And I said, okay, guys, I'm going to enter, and I want to show you guys how it's done. This is how you win a race. I got a little cocky. And I wasn't training for a race. Just a one-mile run, I'm like, come on, it's one mile. Come on, I can do a mile easy. I did a six-minute mile probably. I played basketball. This I was in, like, a league at this time. I was playing basketball multiple times a week. I'm in shape. So we get to the day of the race. And I look at the starting line. There's probably 50 or 60 adults. And I'm like, all right, I got this. And then I see this big guy, like 6'5". He's got these calves, like, bowling pins. I'm like, oh, boy. That guy looks like a marathon runner. I'm in trouble. And there was this woman next to him, all geared up with, like, marathon-type stuff. I'm like, all right, those two are going to be a problem. But I got this. So I go over to the kids, and I say, guys, I'm, I'm going to win this. It, it, it's going to be tough, tougher than I thought, but I will win this. And the guy shoots the gun for the race begins, and everybody darts out, and I, of course, book it out. And I'm, you know, maybe near the front, but there's people in front of me, and I'm running fast, hard out of the gate. And I look up, and, of course, the guy with the bowling pin calves and the woman are setting the pace. And pretty early on, I realized I can't catch them. Like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to win this thing. In front of my kids, I'm going to be an embarrassment. And it's only one mile, so I'm going hard. And eventually, there's like a curl around before the final stretch, and I'm in like sixth. And I can see the kids who I had instructed, go to the finish line, you'll, you'll cheer me on when I win. And they're like, where that wraparound is, you can see the like the final, you know, two tenths of a mile. And I look at my kids and the look on their face as they see their dad just hauling rear end. They're like, "Oh my gosh, what's going on with dad? Why does he look like that?" <laughs> and I was, I, I listen, I was in trouble here. I was like, "I'm not gonna win." And and I realized, okay, I got to kick in the turbo boosters. And I had every like I was running from a tiger, and I was able to pass some people and I finished third. And I crossed the finish line and I collapse. And I'm like, oh my, God. I wasn't like passed out. I was just like, oh, I'm dead. I need Gatorade now. You know, and I'm, the time was pretty fast. I, I, I want to say it was like 624, something faster than I, uh, than I thought I, you know, I could do realistically. It was maybe 644. I don't remember. But I, bottom line, I was third place. I passed some guys on the final straightaway. And the kids were like, dad, are you okay? I'm like, guys, listen. I'm always going to strive to be the best. I'm afraid of nobody. And this is the mindset I want you to have. Of course, I said this like 20 minutes later when I could actually speak. Because um, I, was, I was seriously out of breath from a one-mile sprint. And that's the attitude I have to doing talking about sports. Whether it's on TV. Whether it's on this show. Whether it's the podcast. I always think, listen. I study this stuff. I work hard. I'm going to be the best. I'm not kidding. I started that podcast three weeks ago. I said, I will have the best daily sports podcast. It will be number one. Give me time. I will work on it. I do these videos for Fox Sports, these um, gambling videos. We're previewing the NFL season. And they just showed me the numbers from, I think it was the AFC North, Pittsburgh Steelers division. And they were like, Jason. This has like four hundred thousand views. I'm like, well, what do you guys expect? This is what I do. I work my butt off. I study, and I make it interesting, and I crush, and 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 that's just the mindset I have. I, I'm never satisfied. I'm always going to be working hard. And they were like, I, 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 this might be the most viewed gambling thing Fox Sports has ever put out. And I was like, good. Let's do more of them. and and and, and that's like the mindset I have for this stuff. And. And then I get hit with this, like, let's talk about social issues and the NBA, and I'm like, oh, 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 hold up. Okay? When we're talking about sports and I'm dissecting the Dallas Cowboys, you may agree with me or disagree with me, but you're not going to flat out hate me and say, he doesn't like the Cowboys. I'm never listening to what he says ever again. But when I do that with a social issue that's political, We're at the divided point in this country where if you find out somebody is in a certain camp, you're unfollowing them, you're not listening to them, you're not clicking. Regardless if it's about sports, because they're in that camp, you don't want anything to do with them. Obviously, that is a terrible mindset, and you're only going to follow and listen to people that you agree with. You're in a friggin' echo chamber. You want to go on Facebook and only get the stuff you agree with? Well, you're not going to go anywhere in life. It, it's a, that's a recipe for disaster. And that's why I do, Gavin has, listen, Gavin is really passionate about a lot of this stuff. Including the social stuff. He reads up on it. And he's been coming in and we're talking about it between the breaks. And I tell him, like, he's really informed on a lot of this. And I, I don't really want to read a lot of the social stuff. I don't want to read about this 17-year-old kid who's crossing state lines with an AR-15. Like, what the hell? Why is this happening? I, I don't. I don't. I don't like this. That that to me is not. It shouldn't be anywhere near a sports conversation. But here we are in 2020, the crappiest year ever. And now you got. And I, you know, like an idiot again. I went to social media. I keep saying that. What is the definition, Iowa Sam, of stupidity? Isn't it like doing the same thing over and over again? And I'm going to social media during some of the breaks, and yeah, I see a newspaper has put out. Oh yeah, well, this is why the cops were at the house of Jacob Blake, who they shot six times in the back or whatever the number is, seven times, seven times in the back. Um, well, they were serving and uh, they were catching him, and he did this and that, and, the, and like, ah, I, I come on. Now, do I w- want to regale you? with ideas about how the Warriors can use their trade exception of $17 million to make a run at Danilo Gallinari and how the Warriors can get back on top when it's Draymond and Gallo and Curry and Clay and Wiggins. They, they will add the second pick in the draft. That, to me, is fun and fascinating and a great discussion that everybody has an opinion on. And nobody's going to really hate each other after that. Do I want to hit you with, you know, I don't care what you guys are telling me. Aaron Rodgers and his coach are going to be having some beef this year. They went out and got a 250-pound running back in an era where running backs don't even matter. They're interchangeable. They got Aaron Jones. He's one of the best backs in the league. They got a first-round draft pick on a backup quarterback. What are the Packers doing? The first thing, first time things go awry, Aaron Rodgers is going to flip out on his coach and GM. I am all here for that. I've the stuff I like. Now, what are you afraid, Jason, of the social issues? You don't want to touch them? No, 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 no. It's not the, it's, that's not it. That's not even close to it. I will talk about that with my friends and my family, but I talk about it on a radio, podcast, TV. No, what, what are we doing? I will gladly have a civil conversation with a friend about political issues. I will, s- I have no problem with that. I talk to my parents about politics far too often. I have a cousin who may be listening to this. And he's been, like, ostracized by our family. You guys know my mom has eight brothers and sisters, so I have a million cousins. And one of my cousins has gone to the dark side, as they like to call him. He's all in. He's got his MAGA hat in his Facebook posts. (laughs) And basically... Everybody ganged up on him in this group text because he's saying all this stuff that that doesn't really fly in, some, in our family. And I feel bad for him. He obviously doesn't care. And he's relishing it. So what do I do? I'm trying to reach out. I'm extending an olive branch to him over text and trying to let him see the light and say, listen, you don't want to be on the extreme. Our family's not really extreme. They're obviously on one side. Um, but well, come with me. Come with me to the middle and, and find a middle ground. Listen, I'm a. I, I've made no bones about it. I'm a fiscal Republican. I'm a social liberal. Uh, I probably shouldn't reveal this on air, but I have before. So why not? I am a uh, firearms owner. Like I, I, I. If all your, it actually makes you, you a libertarian. You know. By definition. I, is I always say, I'm covering his ears because he doesn't want to hear this. I'm sorry.
9: Um, no, I'm it not. It makes I me a what a libertarian. Yeah, you, you'd actually be a libertarian by that definition. So that's, that's very in the middle, Jason. I, that's where I, anyone, yeah, you I want to be. You
3: want to be in the middle. You want balance, just like with your meals. I don't want to be all extreme and eating only dessert. I mean, I would kind of love that, but that would be terrible. I don't want to only eat pizza. I don't want to only be a vegetarian. You have, you have an amazing ability to get
9: tweets from both sides no, slamming no, 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 you during I, the show. Oh, it's, no, I've, it's hilarious. I've lost
3: like 20,000 Twitter followers in the last couple of years since this Trump stuff started. And they don't know the real me. The real me is a fiscal Republican. And I don't put out there on social media, I am a firearms owner. I would never say that. You know, it somebody- used
9: to be that you could be issues-based. I'm, I'm pro-life. I'm this. You know, you could have different opinions. But now it's
3: a red and blue tie- Yeah, they want to put you in that camp. You um, don't want to be a red tie on social media. (laughs) Anyways, coming up next, I won't explain more of this. I probably will go on social media. And um, I'll return a bunch of text messages that I see, hopefully none, from the big bosses who are listening. It's Saturday. We have NBA. I, I, I will look at the lines during the break and come back with some definite locks for the restart of the NBA. That's next here on Fox Sports Radio. Iowa, Sam, what do you have high hopes for? I thought you were going to say America. That was a perfect tee-up. Yes. Big 10. <laughs> hey, what is this, football on the TV screen? High school football, Texas versus Tennessee. I see fans in the stadium. This might be taped. It doesn't say live. It might be live. Did you know that right now Geico is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies? That's 15% on top of what Geico could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Visit Geico.com to learn more. It's time for the Geico play of the day. The
0: 1-0. Swing a high fly ball out to center field. It's
3: hit well. Getting back. He has no play. Randall Grinchik has won the game. Blue Jays Radio Network. Congrats to the Blue Jays. They beat the Orioles 5-4. MLB just in a weird place. By the way, um, is Isaac back there? Isaac, did you see who bought the Mets? I know you talked about, you gave his name, but do you know who that guy is? Yeah, he's uh, one of those hedge fund billionaires. Yeah, he is the guy who they modeled the TV show Billions after.
7: Oh. Steve Cohen,
3: guy who always skirts the rules and gets away with it. Um, you know what? I'll find the article. There was a New Yorker profile of Steve Cohen a couple years ago. Legendary stuff. Um, I mean, the guy is—he just always wins. Are we talking about Jordan Belfort, uh, legendary or a different? Yeah, guy he's words, do- right? well. No, he's not into like that kind of Wolf of Wall Street <laughs> stuff. Um, by the way, Wolf of Wall Street is so good; it's been on cable a lot lately. And mm-hmm. yeah, the first like—I don't know—ninety minutes are off the hook. I used to think Wedding Crashers, the first ninety minutes, were like the best start to any movie ever, and and Wolf of Wall Street's right there, especially. When you factor in the Margot Robbie factor. I mean, she's, she's, I can't believe she wasn't nominated for an Emmy Award. Or Oscar, I'm sorry, for that movie. Just phenomenal work by Margot Robbie. And um, there we are. Okay. So uh, coming up pretty soon, we're going to talk to Bucky Brooks. Can you believe the NFL starts in 12 days? 12 days. I got my big fantasy um, draft tonight. It's an auction league. Um, we were, the goal was to have the draft in Vegas, and some of my buddies who are not even in the league were so prepared to come out to the draft and tell their wives, oh, I have a fantasy draft, just to come out to Vegas to hang. Obviously not happening. But if you guys have any good sleepers, hit them up to me on social media this weekend. I'm doing the research later today. Did Matthew Berry give you a good sleeper on the podcast this week? He didn't give the sleeper, but we had a good debate over Nick Chubb versus CEH. Clyde Hilaire Edwards. Edwards Hilaire. Edwards Hilaire, I'm sorry. And he is so bullish on Clyde because he's going to be the guy in the Andy Andy Reid system and the Andy Reid back always dominates because Damian Williams is no longer there. And – I just think Nick Chubb and the Stefanski system is going to put up Dalvin Cook numbers. And we had a good back and forth about it. Now, the one thing, Gavin, I like this year receivers to come out and the passing in this league is going to dominate. It's already a passing league, but I can totally see defenses ill-prepared. The pace is going to shock them with no preseason games. And I I think teams are going to come up and put up major points and pass all over the place. I'm going to be targeting receivers early, and Barry says no, go to the running backs. I don't know. Interesting. We'll Um, ask Bucky Brooks next. He is going to join us, the NFL Network analyst, Fox Sports radio host, all-around good guy. He's a high school football coach as well. We'll talk to him next, but first, here's... Isaac Lowen Cron with what's trending in sports. Jason former NBA
7: power forward Clifford Robinson has passed away at the age of 53. Robinson played 18 seasons in the league from 1989 to 2007 with the Portland Trailblazers, Phoenix Suns, Detroit Pistons, Golden State Warriors and the then New Jersey Nets. Robinson won the NBA Sixth Man of the Year award in 1993 was an NBA All-Star in 1994. In the NFL, the Atlanta Falcons today placed defensive end Stephen Means on the COVID-19 reserve list. So he's either tested positive or has been in close contact with someone who's tested positive. Means, get this, just the second NFL player in the entire league who is presently on the COVID-19 reserve list. The other is Jacksonville Jaguars offensive tackle Ryan Pope. Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald reports that the Dolphins are trading linebacker Raquan McMillan to the Las Vegas Raiders. In Major League Baseball, say it ain't so, J-Lo. My love don't call. <laughs> But the New York Mets apparently cost too much. A group headlined by Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez has pulled out of the bidding to buy the Mets. And as Jason mentioned, billionaire hedge fund manager Steve Cohen has now entered into exclusive negotiations to buy the team. No word yet if a condition for the sale will be if Cohen can spell general manager Brody Van Wagenen's name correctly in a press release. Not exactly a slam dunk, as we found out this week. And finally, John Heyman reports that 48-year-old Manny Ramirez has signed a one-year deal with the mighty Sydney Blue Sox of the Australian Baseball League. So we have the White Sox, the Red Sox, and now the Blue
3: Sox. Jason, all yours. Thank you, Isaac, back here on Fox Sports Radio. What a show it's been, and we are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Time to bring in Bucky Brooks, all-around good guy, high school football coach, NFL network analyst. I will give him credit. Bucky Brooks was the first guy to sell me on Jordan Love way, way back before last football season. Uh, Bucky Brooks, uh, Fox Sports radio host. And um, Bucky, how you doing, man?
12: I'm good, I'm good. How's everything, just
3: I'm all right. How how are things on the uh, the high school football front? Uh, I know you you do some coaching there, and uh, you got a, you got a young son. What what's the latest out here in California in high school football?
12: Well, in California, we won't go until January. So really, um, some of the private schools have been able to kind of get back to being around their kids and practicing, but because I'm in the public sector, we haven't done anything. We've been doing Zoom workouts, but we haven't had a chance to get around them and kind of. Just kind of see how they're doing and work them out on the field.
3: So you can't even get onto a field with the kids and space them out and work out? No, not yet. Um,
12: LAUSD, because Grenadier's charter is still kind of a part of that, we can't um, do anything on the field until the district opens it up and clears it. So hopefully sometime in the fall we'll get a chance to get around them. But right now, everything is remotely uh, Zoom and the workouts that we can give them.
3: Wow. All right, let's get to the NFL, Um, Bucky Brooks. Uh, it's weird. The, the league's like sneaking up on everybody with no preseason. You know, uh, it, it's almost like, geez, did you realize the season starts in 12 days? I, I think the first topic, Bucky, I want to hit you with is this whole competitive uh, disadvantage that a bunch of teams are, are, are going to have here with only five teams able to have fans in the stadium for at least the first two weeks could be longer. Uh, what are your thoughts on, you know, Mike Zimmer of the Vikings He's complained about it. Um, McDermott and Buffalo has complained. I don't know. Is this, a, is this a thing or is this not a big deal?
12: I mean, I think it could. It should be a thing because, like, you do want uh, a level playing field. And so if you have many teams, the overwhelm majority of teams, that aren't able to have fans in the stands, the handful of teams that are able to put, I don't know, 5, 10, 15,000 people in the stands, they will have advantage at home games because of the noise factor, um, the energy that fans will bring. And so I can't understand the gripes of a Mike Zimmer and a Sean McDermott because it's not fair if they're forced to play eight home games without fans and someone within their division is able to have maybe a home field advantage. It's something that the league should definitely look into and maybe make a decision on before the season kicks off.
3: Uh, All right. I I hate to ask you about the social issues. Um, I just think it's a topic that it's divisive for sports fans. But we just saw – the NBA boycotted some games after a young man was shot in uh, Wisconsin in the back by police, and baseball followed suit and canceled a bunch, of, boycotted a bunch of games. I just got to ask you, man. Some NFL players have spoke out on social media. Um, Bucky, are we? Unfortunately, there's a bunch of bad apple cops out there. Are we headed toward a, a, a place in the NFL where if this something like this happens again, we could see a Sunday of games boycotted?
12: Man, look, I think increasingly things that happen off the field are becoming um, impactful on the field. And because um, fame, money doesn't absorb you from some of the things that people in the civilian world are experiencing, players are kind of fed up with it. And I think it's a situation where guys want to continue to keep the pressure on to make sure that the voiceless are heard. And if it's through demonstrations, if it's through ultimately, what I would say, the ultimate play is, a protest, I think they will consider it. I get the sense, though, that that's not something that is really, really on the table. It's something that's talked about. I don't know if they will pull the trigger to do, but I do think now more than ever you have seen a a generation of players who are very comfortable being activists, very comfortable speaking up for those who don't have their shared platforms. And so this conversation is going to continue. And because it was ignored and dismissed four years ago with Kaepernick, it has come back in full force, and I don't think you're going to be able to silence the players once they found their voices.
3: Okay, I, I, I totally agree with all that. The players was the key there. In the NBA, you've got a lot of owners who are very liberal and are cool with that, and they're supporting it, which I applaud. In the NFL, Bucky, you know this, the owners are not as liberal. Um, are they going to be as on board are these, as these NBA owners?
12: I mean, I don't know if they're going to be on board. And I will say this about the NBA. I don't know if all those NBA owners are as liberal because you have to kind of follow people's hearts based on where their money goes. True, so their money true. has gone to support some of those things. I think the bigger thing, um, I think what, where we're at a point now is the old school mindset was, hey, players play. Um, I don't need to necessarily hear you say anything. I need you to go out there and perform. Entertain us was kind of like the the – Became of choice. And I think now, more than ever, before you can get players to really play for you, be it as a coach, as ownership, you better show them that you care about them beyond what they can do for you on the field. And so we can have different political affiliations, different opinions on how we believe the the country should be run, but you have to be able to respect others. And so that is the thing where we're getting to. Before, that wasn't as big of a deal, but now players are saying, no, you're going to respect me for who I am underneath the helmet beyond what I can do and produce for you on the
3: field. Bucky Brooks, NFL network. All right, Bucky, let me get to some uh week one games. Like it, it's it's a little difficult with the Baltimore Ravens that, you know, some of the hype, um, uh, you know, a guy we both know, Colin Cowherd, is like, Baltimore's going undefeated. You know, they got us open against a Cleveland team that had a lot of change. I'm one of these guys who thinks this offseason, if your team had a lot of change with head coach, OC, DC, you may come out of the gates a little slow, but Cleveland has seen Lamar Jackson now, I think more than anybody in the league. I think I'm pretty sure they faced him three or four times. I, I'm I'm a little surprised the Ravens are huge favorites in the opener. No fans, obviously, in the stadium, Baltimore. Um, you know, what do you think of the Stefanski era? Remember, Baltimore up front. I think in their front seven, they have like four new faces or three or four new guys. And, of course, they lost Earl Thomas on the back end. Um are the Ravens a little susceptible defensively? Obviously, offensively, we know they'll be good.
12: Um, Look, I I think week one is the toughest week. Um, I think it's a lot like college games. Uh, The preseason prognostications and previews and predictions, all of that stuff doesn't matter because we haven't really seen these teams. You've only seen little clips and glimpses that we've been able to see on ESPN or Fox or whatever from these practices. Um, I think it's dangerous to assume that the Browns will be behind the A-ball because you have a new administration in place. The one thing that smart coaches will do is early in the year, they will be very, very simple. And because you don't have film on them, it really puts you at a disadvantage if you're the Baltimore Ravens. Um, this is one that I think you have to be careful if you're picking this game because the Cleveland Browns have a ton of talent on offense. Miles Garrett comes back to that big contract. He's motivated. Um, I think with it being a division game, I think this game could be a toss-up because when you know – The teams within your division, man, each and every time
3: you square off, any team can win this. I totally agree. So let me uh, get one more out of you. Dolphins, Patriots. And the reason I'm in – normally I would pick the Dolphins here in this spot. You know, the line's six and a half. But I just wonder how angry Bill Belichick is. Remember that Week 17 embarrassing loss as a double-digit favorite to Fitzpatrick at home? It cost them the bye week. In the first week of the playoffs, they end up losing. I, I, I don't know who's starting at center, uh, quarterback. It's probably going to be Cam. But I feel like Belichick puts it on the Dolphins big time here. Miami, by the way, has like eight new starters on offensive defense total. Um, Any, any thoughts on the new-look Patriots without Brady?
12: I can't really understand why everybody expects the new England Patriots to just completely fall apart because Tom Brady left. Uh, this is a team that has gone to 11 straight playoffs. They have dominated the division. I mean, just completely own the division. So before I can anoint another team as front runners, I have to see the Patriots fall apart. And I'm going to say this about Cam Newton and Cam Newton being the probable starter. Um, I think we can see the best version of Cam Newton that we've ever seen. Before, the version that we saw, the MVP version of Cam, that was playing off sheer athleticism and natural talent. Cam benefits from being around the best coaching staff that he's ever been around during his time in the National Football League. He is going to be a more detailed player and a more detailed Cam Newton is a scary and more dangerous Cam Newton. Um, I expect the Patriots to roll, and I think the Patriots are going to win 11-plus games this year because I don't expect them to fall apart. Because remember, Jason, that defense, that defense remains intact. That defense was the lifeline of the team. And I know we want to romanticize what Tom Brady was doing. Last year, Tom Brady was in the bottom third of quarterbacks. So I know we like to think about the six-time winner, Tom Brady, but Cam is a more explosive athlete, and I think you going to see a different and more dangerous offense. I mean,
3: page. they did lose two starters to COVID on defense, and I think they lost like four uh yeah. like impact players from the defense in free agency. So I mean, you know, I don't know that it's gonna be as as strong as last year. Obviously, the back end with Gilmore is 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 loaded. But you really think this is like a top five defense again in the league?
12: Absolutely, because like when when we think about the players that they lost, and I and I will say this without disrespecting those players. Patrick Chung, Calvin Noy, Dante Hightower. Um, Jason, are we going to say those guys are stars? Those (laughs) guys aren't marquee players, right? So here's what I will say. Like, the key to the Patriots has always been uh, the puppeteer, meaning Bill Belichick's ability to put the right pieces in place to orchestrate it. They really play a very simple scheme. They beat you because of the fundamentals. And any team that is going to beat the Patriots, they have to avoid beating themselves and more teams crack under the pressure of trying to play mistake-free football, the Patriots are going to be there. That's why I think they're shooing to win 10, 11 games Oof. without even seeing what they have.
3: Love it. Bucky Brooks. All right, Bucky, stay safe out there. NFL Network analyst, Fox Sports radio host. You know him on Twitter. He's a great guy. Bucky Brooks, uh, talk to you soon, man. Hey, thanks so much, Jake. All right. Uh, coming up next, we will wrap up. What has been a, uh, an interesting show? Back after this.
4: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
5: This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well.
0: Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
3: Well, that was interesting. That was an interesting two and a half hours. I, you know what I do after this, IO Sam? I What's head that? home. For whatever reason, the wife's gotten into making, like, either French toast or pancakes on Saturdays. Crush a couple of those, maybe five. Sounds and, good. Um, Gotta go burn off those carbs. I'll do I'll do a couple sit-ups and I got the you know, the weights at home. I'm not doing what Gascon's doing. By the way, what is Gascon on? He's so jacked.
10: He's doing
9: some
3: creatine. Yeah, he's doing more than creatine. Some, uh, that dude's swole. Uh. <laughs> I mean, he is really shredded. And um and then I think I'm going to try to watch a movie with the kids. I don't know this Chadwick – you guys don't have kids, but the Chadwick Boseman thing just hit hard
10: last It's time. really sad. It's he was just... just getting started. I mean, he had that huge movie. Actually,
3: I do want to say, besides
9: how he died, and, and unbelievable it never became public, he never talked about it, I had no idea he was 43 years old. I thought he was late 20s, honestly.
3: Yeah, he, you know, I, I did some reading on him. He was like a normal guy, like raised in South Carolina – Parents were normal, not actors or anything. Uh, Good student in high school, goes to the Howard University, regular college student. Like, he had a normal life. And then he just blew up as an actor and was incredible. And I I just, he's a great story. And I, I just, the fact that, I think you said, Gavin, he filmed six movies? He filmed six movies under a cancer
9: diagnosis. So he's going through surgeries, he's going through chemo. And filming these movies at the same time, and also not talking about it. Not that he could have there. I would. Nobody yeah. ever would have knocked him. But yeah. uh, amazing to to keep it to yourself and yeah. totally understandable. Just
3: another guy where hard work wins out. It's pretty clear he was going through a lot. If he filmed six movies while he had the cancer diagnosis, doesn't it seem chemothera- like he was just
10: getting started, Jason? Yeah, I mean, right. Like he, you know, Black Panther, and then you would think that from there he would go on to even maybe bigger stuff and some big blockbusters.
3: Oh or, yeah, you know. I mean. Uh, It it, it's depressing. I remember
9: he helped uh, Victor Oladipo in the dunk contest.
3: That's right. Yes, good call. Oh man, it yeah, and um, I I I just life can be short, guys. You know, it's it's a super bummer. And I I, I, Iowa Sam wasn't here for it in the first hour, but I, I talked a little bit about death and how I've been thinking about death lately. That's a little. It was too morbid, right, Gavin? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just, Not thinking about, just, you know, you wonder, like, hey, man, you got a life. You got one chance. You're here, but then you're gone. And everybody remembers you at the funeral. There's probably, you know, a little, you, you get a good little burst of, oh, man, remember when this guy did this and said, oh, that was so cool. And then, you know, and then it's on. It's, it's over. Yeah, on to the next one. Anyway, so we do have sports today. I made, I just made a couple bets. I like under. The first game is Bucks Magic. Under 56.5 points. I just... The weight of the last couple days. The mindset. I, I feel like we're in for a low-scoring first quarter. That is such an obscure bet, I know, right? Um, I like the under in the Lakers-Blazers game. No Damian Lillard, obviously. I don't know where they... Portland gets the points. Lakers defense has been very good lately. I just don't know who could carry Portland. Even if CJ has 40, who else is getting 20? Melo ain't. Gary Trent gets hot. Nurk. Yeah, I, don't, it's, I mean, is this going to be a big Anfernee Simons game? I like him. I just, so I took under 20, 223 and a half. And then with Russell Westbrook returning, I got under... I think I got under 51.5, but the line's plummeting for Harden. Points, rebounds, assists. And with Russ, he's going to be taking some of the rebounds. We know Russ likes to hog those stats and get the triple-doubles. And the ball is going to be in Russ's hands a lot because they'll be double-teaming Harden. So I took under, I think the line got down to 49.5 points, rebounds, assists for Harden. And remember, those last two games... Dorts, Lugat Dorts uh, from Arizona State. Shout out, Eddie House, uh, ASU alum. I, I just think Harden slows it down a little bit. I don't know who wins that game, though. Any any leans, I, I think it's.
9: I think that series is going seven. I picked Oklahoma, so I'll stick with them. That's good but, um, news for the Lakers, yeah. right? Because oh, the yeah.
3: Lakers will wrap their series up, and they'll probably get five, six, maybe seven days off before they face OKC or Houston. Um, other side, Clippers, Mavs. The Portingus news is depressing. I don't know how the Mavs... uh, You would assume Beverly will be back, right? I
9: think pretty much every team going into their final game of the series, 3-1, 3-2. I I think the other team is just bailing. I think Portland... Well, that's what I thought. Yeah, we we talked about this.
3: But then Embiid hit that 3, right? And the Sixers got a cover when they were down 3-0. And what was the other game? I think there was another 3-0 series that... Uh, the, the favorite didn't cover Miami Heat. Covered actually. I'm sorry, Miami Heat did cover in game four against the Pacers. I'm telling you right now, I will be taking the Heat over the Bucks in the next round. Take that to the bank, Gavin. Do you think this whole Bucks boycott and I was thinking about that? How will, will it way? affect? Yeah, I you know, it won't affect him against the Magic. The problem is, we have nothing to go off yeah. of, there's no precedent, baseless speculation. So. All right, thanks, Gavin. I was Sam, Chris. Uh, Isaac Uh, Hartman is next. Download the podcast. Stay safe, everybody. At
0: Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
4: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card. Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
6: If you dare.